Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together out loud, chapter by chapter, 2 Samuel chapter 20 today. You know, you, you think you know, everything's good now. We, we kind of dealt with all the rebellion stuff, right? Now we can just, you know, have uh, some peace and uh, unity. How fleeting unity seems to be uh, in our own day and in the story of David here, uh, because here comes another rebellion. Um, so I, this is, uh, I think, another one of these chapters where uh, some familiar themes are developed, but uh, it's not as if everything is repeated here, because, um, well, you remember Joab, I mean, he hasn't necessarily gone away either. So that's going to have to be dealt with. So the story uh, continues and it develops the characters in some interesting ways. Joining us today, we've got as our guest, Pastor Scott Adel, pastor at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Collins Hill, Illinois. Good morning, brother. Good to have you back. And yeah, these these chapters, I mean, it's just it's just such a tumultuous up and down, back and forth story, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's that's one of the things that makes the the, the Saul David Solomon thing so interesting. Just reading it, I mean, it, it's definitely one of the parts of Scripture that you don't kind of have to slog through because it's there's action, there's adventure, there's intrigue, and uh, <laughs> yeah. it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, just um, I'm trying to think. I think it was just I guess two chapters ago when we were uh, talking about you know the description of um, Absalom's death and. Uh, the, the defeat of his force in the forest and how it says, you know, the forest devoured them and how that was uh, yeah. kind of, I think, I think the inspiration uh, for Tolkien then with uh, the Ents and, um, and their, their siege on Isengard. <laughs> so, I mean, like it, it, it's the stuff that literally has inspired <laughs> um, yeah. uh, fiction and, and novels and all, all the things you were just mentioning. Yeah. Well, well I mean, the David kingdom does, ha- I mean, like we said, it has war action it has obviously slaying giants at the beginning but it also does have just the intrigue of a kingly court and all the machinations that are working there and and job as you pointed out is a major part and probably actually the the focus of chapter 20 um more so maybe even than david here yeah these uh these characters are uh well these characters which were minor in first samuel not so minor uh, th- th- this time around, and um, a- as you were saying, I mean, I think it's uh, it was interesting. I was just I was just uh, talking to somebody about this the other day that like I feel like in some ways, um, uh, for instance, I was looking at this the uh, a recent book of one of my favorite authors, N.T. Wright, um, was I-, I think I think it's called something along the lines. I've I've actually read the book, but I'm familiar with a lot of his other work. Uh, the book was called How God Became King. And uh, like his take is that the Gospels are, um, are are very much stories that are trying to say like how it came about that that Jesus became king, um, and, and when you look at it through that lens, it's it's almost kind of impossible to understand the Gospel stories. Then um, that is to say, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, if you don't know the David story, because that's all about how he became king and how his son became king, and like you you got to kind of read it against a. Hebrew, how to become a king, storyline. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, unfortunately, we're on the, the the second half of David's reign, or at least as the, the whoever wrote Second Samuel puts yeah. it, because I mean, you very much early on in, in First Samuel have David on the rise. He's victorious. 
he's decisive, and he he hits everything on the head politically. Everywhere he goes, he just succeeds. And then after Bathsheba, at whatever point in his life that falls, but at least as the Second Samuel writer portrays it, after Bathsheba, all of that starts to slip, and and you especially get it yeah. in the second half of Second Samuel that. Then you do have uh, rebellions pop up. Then you do have coup attempts pop up. Then you do have Joab in this uh, in this chapter basically just saying, "No, I'm staying put. You, you may have tried to fire me, but that's not going to take." And and, and you have, uh, oh, you, I mean, you, you just have David slipping up on the political front, and yeah. even on the battlefield, where, where as you go a little bit further, they'll eventually just tell him, "Listen, guy." You just stay here in the back. We'll do the fighting. You mean more to us as a symbol at this point than you do as an actual warrior. And you just kind of see David's collapse uh, after the Bathsheba thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah, it, it's um, yeah. So it's it's both uh, how 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 they became king and then how they kind of unbebecame king also yeah um, you mean uh, yeah obviously all types of christ fall at some yeah, point and don't match right. perfectly but but uh, david is kind of a key in that and then i think i assume this is kind of where you'll end up in a few chapters like where second samuel ends is with david uh once again kind of being a good shepherd of his people when, when he gets to the point of Offering himself in the place of other people. D- don't don't slaughter these sheep. Take me instead, which yeah. is where he probably lives up to the Christ type most accurately. But that's where this is headed. That's also actually where Second Samuel ends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, that's that's right. I, well, and that and I should I should kind of tell you something too, right? That in, in some ways, like you, you don't really. That none of these men are really the king that God wants them to be until they sacrifice themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he 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 offers a substitution, me instead of the people, and yeah. it's fitting that the book ends there. But we know that David's life doesn't actually end there. There are like three or four chapters in First Kings where it goes on, and you're like, well, that's kind of a weird break. That's a weird way to break it, unless you're looking for something other than just this is the story of David's life. If you're looking for something that points forward to Christ, absolutely, that's perfectly fitting. Yeah, yeah, kind of getting to that idea that you know perhaps uh, God's kind of kingship is actually something that that uh, that transcends uh, death, even. So yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, lots of, lots of, lots of, lots of good stuff, lots of good stuff. Um, well, let's go ahead and get started. Turn to the chapter as we do. Would you say a prayer for us? Yeah, Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here. Please be with us as we read your word. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Help us to understand uh, what this means for both your people back then, but also for us, since we know that it is a living word that ultimately points toward uh, the one who gives us life, your son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, uh, yeah, some, I really enjoyed uh, your, your comparison there about, uh, you know, Joab saying, like, well, you, you tried to fire me, but I'm not going anywhere. Like, I did, I did not, I don't plan these things, man. It's just crazy. You know, it's just, this is the chapter that was there and things happened and I don't know. But, um, <laughs> without, well, yeah, I mean, there may be other things. Yeah. As we go through this chapter, there may be other things that you're like, well, gee, I don't know if, 
I don't know if that rings a bell at all, but yeah, yeah we can get that. Weird. It's kind of weird. <laughs> um, but uh, without like making too many connections before we read the chapter, um, anything else that we ought to like just keep in mind in terms of context or uh, names that we shouldn't be forgetting? Um, uh, well, as, as you remember, I mean, just yesterday and the, or two days ago, the last couple of days, you've just been dealing with the, the rebellion and basically coup attempt of Absalom. Which is interesting. I mean, Joab is a character who brought Absalom back. And this is yeah. the other thing you, you get in the second half of Second Samuel is there does need to be – everyone recognizes that it's best for everyone if there's a peaceful transfer of power, <laughs> right? right. And, and Joab seems to at least initially have backed Absalom. But when it come da- came down to it, Absalom moved too soon. And Joab is forced to kill him, and and you almost wonder if there's like resignation when he met with Absalom, being like, yeah. why did why did you do it now? Because yeah. if you keep reading, Joab will back a different son next, because he sees the writing on the wall. David has to be forced to see. I mean, Solomon and Solomon's mother uh, Bathsheba will eventually, and Nathan will ha- eventually have to tell him. No, you have to do this now, guy. You can't wait. It's going to get taken from you. And just kind of David's blindness to this means that everyone else is starting to make moves because everyone else knows David is mortal. Yeah. And that that is I mean this this is just the story of kingdoms of that time too that if there's not going to be a peaceful transfer of power, there's going to be an unpeaceful transfer of power. Because it's going to transfer one way or the other. Everyone's already starting to count moves and say, where do I need to be? And Joab is clearly one of them that's best positioned. If he wants to be, I mean, he has an army. And this is one of the things that when you go back to the David and Bathsheba incident, one of the things that tips the hand that something is off is uh, the spring of year when kings go out to war. And yet David's not going out to David's war. David's not going to Joab war. Joab is. Hmm. And so Joab, yeah. over these years, I mean, the bond of the band of brothers and the friendship that is that is formed during war is often pretty strong. And Joab has kept building those ties yep. and keeping up those ties. And David has not, which is kind of, I think, what leads to this chapter here, where Joab has the army. And David clearly, in some ways, doesn't anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and we'll, yeah, we, we, and we'll see that again and again. You know, we, we, when we went over Revelation, you know, how many times does the army decide, you know, what this is the guy who's actually like, you know, bleeding and risking his neck with us. He's right. the emperor now. I mean, like that just kind of happened all the time. Uh, yeah, yep. power hates a vacuum, as they say. But let's go ahead and uh, read. The three of the chapters get it on the table here before us. So this is Second Samuel chapter twenty in the English Standard Version here. Let's see here, yeah, from the top. Now there happened to be there a worthless man whose name was Sheba, the son of Bichri, a Benjaminite, and he blew the trumpet and said, "We have no portion in David, and we have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to his tent, so Israel." So all the men of Israel withdrew from David and followed Sheba, the son of Bichri. 
But the men of Judah followed their king steadfastly from the Jordan to Jerusalem. And David came to his house at Jerusalem, and the king took the ten concubines whom he had left to care for the house, and put them in a house under guard and provided for them, but did not go into them. So they were shut up until the day of their death, living as if in widowhood. Then the king said to Amasa, Call the men of Judah together to me within three days, and be here yourself. So Amasa went to summon Judah, but he delayed beyond the set time that had been appointed him. And David said to Abishai, Now Sheba, the son of Bichri, will do us more harm than Absalom. Take your lord's servants and pursue him, lest he get himself to fortified cities and escape from us. And there went out after him Joab's men, and the Carathites, and the Pelathites, and all the mighty men. They went out from Jerusalem to pursue Sheba, the son of Bichri. When they were at the great stone, that is in Gibeon, Amasa came to meet them. Now, Joab was wearing a soldier's garment, and over it was a belt with a sword and sheath fastened on its, high, on its thigh. And as he went forward, it fell out. And Joab said to Amasa, Is it well with you, my brother? And Joab took Amasa by the beard with his right hand to kiss him. But Amasa did not observe the sword that was in Joab's hand. So Joab struck him with it in the stomach and spilled his entrails to the ground without striking a second blow, and he died. Then Joab and Abishai, his brother, pursued Sheba, the son of Bichri. And one of Joab's young men took his stand by Amasa and said, Whoever favors Joab and whoever is for David, let him follow Joab. And Amasa lay wallowing in his blood in the highway. And anyone who came by seeing him stopped. And when the man saw that all the people stopped, he carried Amasa out of the highway into the field and threw a garment over him. When he was taken out of the highway, all the people went on after Joab to pursue Sheba, the son of Bichri. And Sheba passed through all the tribes of Israel to Abel of Bethmachah, and all the Bichrites assembled and followed him in. And all the men who were with Joab came and besieged him in Abel of Bethmachah. They cast up a mound against the city, and it stood against the rampart, and they were battering the wall to throw it down. Then a wise woman called from the city, Listen, listen, tell Joab, come here, that I may speak to you. And he came near her, and the woman said, Are you Joab? He answered, I am. Then she said to him, Listen to the words of your servant. And he answered, I'm listening. Then she said, They used to say in former times, Let them but ask counsel at Abel. And so they settled the matter. I am one of those who are peaceable and faithful in Israel. You seek to destroy a city that is a mother in Israel. Why will you swallow up the heritage of the Lord? Joab answered, Far be it from me, far be it, that I should swallow up or destroy. That is not true. But a man of the hill country of Ephraim, called Sheba, the son of Bichri, has lifted up his hand against King David. Give up him alone, and I will withdraw from the city. And the woman said to Joab, Behold, his head shall be thrown to you over the wall. Then the woman went to all the people in her wisdom, and they cut off the head of Sheba the son of Bichri and threw it out to Joab. So he blew the trumpet, and they dispersed from the city, every man to his home. And Joab returned to Jerusalem to the king. Now Joab was in command of all the army of Israel, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada was in command of the Carathites and the Pelathites, and Adoram was in charge of forced labor. And Jehoshaphat the son of Alihud, Ahilud was the recorder, and Shiva was secretary, and Zadok and Abiathar were priests, and Ira the Jerite was also David's priest. So, oh man, it's uh, 
just yeah back back and forth so many things going on here right it's uh mm-hmm. you know and it's just joab right like you were saying like in some ways it does kind of revolve around him because on the one hand you see a moment where the guy just seems merciless you know it's just oh yep. man the the way that uh he just you know just runs uh, runs him through i, I mean so that, that on the one hand it's like the guy's ruthless on the other hand like yeah, he does just, you know, take Sheba's head and goes home and right and, and leaves the leaves the city be. So um yeah. it, it, it's it's I mean, kind of hard to put these guys in pigeonholes. Correct. Correct. And and there throughout the story there is an odd way in which clearly Joab is faithful to David. Yeah. Even even at times if he disagrees yeah. with David and David certainly disagrees with him. Yeah. But yeah, his uh, well. The other thing about him is his way of solving things is whether you like it or not, it is effective. <laughs> it gets yeah. the job done, and and Job's ruthlessness does almost always play in David's favor. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this is the whole thing with with Absalom. David says, "Spare Absalom," and Job is just just understands yeah. enough that that is never going to work, guy. Nope, nope. And, and so he disobeys David and kills Absalom because he's no, there's no way you can have a guy who attempted a coup just come back and live in your nope. the house. That's never going to work. And so Joab puts it to rest for good. Uh, yeah. But this is, this is always his way of putting things to rest. And it, it's always a way, certainly yeah. when it comes to his position – being on the line. So you have yeah. here, uh, I mean, this is almost a retelling of what he'd done to Abner when David yeah. had tried to make Abner the head of the army because he was fed up with Joab and Joab strikes him down so that that doesn't happen. Here you have the same kind of thing with Amasa and Joab is not going to let that happen. But at the same time, he still serves David. He chases the guy who's after David. Earlier on in the story, when Joab was out fighting the wars, when it comes comes to the point of actually taking the city, he sends a messenger back to David, and he said, hey, you better come here and officially kind of take over the city and the crown, (laughs) or they will make me king. Yeah, that's right, yeah. That's something where if Joab actually wanted the crown, it's clear at this point in the story— he could, barring God just striking him down, he could have it. And yet it he, he never way. seems to want it for himself. And even when he's supporting Absalom or later on Adonijah, he, he is fine letting them wear the crown. He's also fine with them letting know that he holds a lot of cards as well. Yeah, yeah so that that's really interesting, the way, <laughs> yeah, the way you just put that, like, you know, kind of letting them wear the crown uh-huh. right i mean it, it's that it, and you mentioned like you know who's holding the cards there is a kind of very like house of cards kind of feel to this right that he's like you know the power position is really general of the army and i'm gonna stay that and yep. david can do his thing and be the figurehead and kiss the babies um uh-huh. and i'll listen to him most of the time <laughs> but like yeah. but i but i am really running the show and calling the shots i mean it, it is it is fascinating. Um, on the one hand, like you were saying, like 
uh, seemingly fiercely loyal um, to David. Uh, It's almost like loyal to David against David's own uh, weaknesses, right? Like makes the decisions that David's too weak to make. Um, But on the other hand, it's, there's just something really adversarial about it. Oh yeah. And David recognizes it. And so, I mean, David tries to put someone else in charge of the army here, which is not the first time he's tried to do it. Even here, he tries to put, uh, after Amasa just doesn't come back on time, David puts Job's brother Abishai, which obviously, I mean, Abishai's a brother. He just lets Job run the show. And uh, David, David recognizes Job's strength. Eventually, he comes to recognize Job's strength. He also comes to hate the man. And this is, I mean, one of the parting words he has to Solomon is, you've got to get rid of Joab. And I couldn't do it. You will have to do it. And Solomon will take him up on it. But, uh, yeah, Yeah. there's also just things, because it's, uh, I mean, Joab and Abishai are from the same tribe. I think technically they're nephews of David. I don't know how much younger or what their age is in regard compared to David. But... They're they're all from the tribe of Judah. They're interrelated, and some of that's got to be working on in the background too. But. Yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah, no, it, it really it really is, uh, yeah, j- just a testament to just how 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 cutthroat it is, right? If you're just gonna do these things to your own, well, you know, flesh and blood, right? I, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like like there is just something kind of like ruthlessly logical about Joab, right? Like yep. it's it's just like. That doesn't matter if he's your brother. It doesn't matter if he's your son, right? It's just this is yeah. what you got to do. I mean, it, it is, is just I mean. like Joab, very the answer is effective. It does get yeah. rid of the threats. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's very it's very Machiavellian like that. But um, well, and I, and I think then that in many ways, um, I, I think uh, as much as we're like, oh wow, well, this, this Joab guy, he's some kind of tyrant, right? You know, and. We, uh, you know, certainly we can, you know, we were at the beginning of the hour starting to kind of, you know, like, hey, like, what's this kind of like, you thought you fired me, but guess what? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so like, you know, we can kind of make our own connections like that today. But in many ways, I, I feel like Joab is kind of like the perfect representation of our fallen sinful nature, right? You know, because we're baptized um, yeah. and it's sort of like sinful nature, you're fired. You know, you're, you're, you're not in yeah. charge anymore, right? Like I'm, I'm putting someone else in charge. And then the sinful yep. nature is like guess what i'm still here right and it's it there there is yeah. this like really kind of weird kind of like two-faced thing going on where it's like there's there's this we're never free of this joab here that yeah we, no job, that job we is a thorn in yeah. david's side to keep him from becoming conceited is, is, yeah, there, <laughs> yeah there, there it is right well and, and that's yeah. just the thing and it's like the the only way you can you can kill joab really is to offer your own life is to sacrifice your own life right like because it's yeah. when it's when you sacrifice your own life now joab finally dies right and you're finally free of joab yeah. but that's uh that's a hard that's a hard thing to do absolutely absolutely but, but i mean the other thing i mean the way this chapter starts is with as it says a worthless man whose name was sheba the son of bickery of benjaminite mm-hmm. so th- this is one thing that you have going not only through First and Second Samuel, but especially in First Kings, until it blows up, this this division among the tribes uh, of Israel in general between Judah and the rest, and this comes to a head ultimately in First Kings, where what happens here is that Sheba 
and the Benjaminite, and he's going to go throughout all the tribes of Israel and say, we don't have a portion in David. He, he's really a king of Judah, and he's out for the Jew, the Jews, I guess is what you'd call them. Uh, the, the, the rest of the tribes are all clearly second-class citizens to him. And yeah. that that actually is the uh, the way that I mean, it, when you're reading through the Absalom story, that's kind of the fault line that Absalom toys with too. Anyone from the tribe of Judah gets in. Anyone who's not, anyone who's from a different tribe of Israel, doesn't. He's, you know what? David doesn't have time for you. He's busy. Yeah, that's and that's uh, yeah. That's, no, the no, that's the danger. That, that's the instability, and that's like the well, it's it's the weakness. It's the partiality, right? And uh, you know, James yeah. speaks to that. So I think we've kind of really done a lot for setting up the broad uh, themes here. We got to take a break, but when we get back, we can kind of look at some of these little details and questions here. Everybody looking at Second Samuel twenty on Nice Strong Word. Be right back. Friday on Issues Etc., we'll get an introduction to the Augsburg Confession from Pastor Paul McCain of Concordia Publishing House. We'll also discuss a 50-year low in U.S. divorce rates with Wendy Wong of the Institute for Family Studies. And we'll play Issues Etc. Soundbite of the Week. Listen and vote in advance at facebook.com slash issues etc. Issues Etc. Live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. When I look at the x-ray of your funny bone, it seems that everything is a-okay. Medical research has proven laughter helps you both emotionally and physically. Wrestling with the basics on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. are on demand. We've been putting the fun in the fundamentals for over 30 years. Over 30 years? Ooh, don't put too much strain on your funny bone. Nine out of ten doctors agree. It's less painful than getting a flu shot. Go yuck. I'm Pastor Ken Bomberger. Join me weekday mornings at 7.15 for Orazio, your time of scripture, meditation, and music on KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at 2 Samuel chapter 20, joined today by our guest, Pastor Scott Adel, pastor at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Collinsville, Illinois. If you've got a question for me or Pastor Adel, give us a call if you're listening live, 1-800-730-2727, or if you're in St. Louis, 314-821-0850. You can also send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org, or just type in your comment or question right there in the live stream going on facebook.com slash AJ Espinosa. Uh, a couple asking about just like the extent 
and the origin of this rebellion. I think we're going to kind of talk about that in just a second here. I want to make sure to thank our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation, lhfmissions.org. Thank you guys for your support of Thy Strong Word. So, yeah, we were just starting to kind of get into this. Um, mm-hmm. So this, this uh, as, as you were saying here, it's clear from the previous chapter, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think like, I think that's kind of like, I mean, it really is following straight on the heels of this, right? I mean, the last thing was, you know, the men of Israel answered the men of Judah, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's already bad, right? Like, there was a, there was yep. a point where Israel was kind of like, you know, that was referring to everybody, <laughs> but starting to get contrastive with Judah, yep. which should already be like, uh-oh, that's, that's kind of a foreshadowing of things well, to yeah, come. That, we have 10 shares in the king, and so what's, right. what's up with this claim here? And so... Yeah, Israel's not liking the way that they're getting treated as second class to Judah. And that was the, that was the way that Absalom placed himself. If I were king, I, I would have time yeah. to listen to everyone, not not just from the tribe of Judah. And so Absalom portrayed himself as a uniter, not a divider. And once Absalom goes down, I mean, Sheba and the, basically says to the tribe of Israel, okay, Absalom wasn't the man. But David's still not our friend either. So let's go back to our tents. Let's figure out what we want to do apart from David. And David sees yeah. that this this is going to be a disaster. And so quickly he wants to put an end to this and and put down I mean this is just another another rebellion right after the one he just dealt with. Yeah. And uh it, it has to do with they think he's partial to one group of people in the kingdom and not everyone equally and that yeah. he's their man and not anyone else's man. Yeah. And like I said, you and I have no idea what this would be like because we would never <laughs> never live no, in a country never. like that. So no. Yeah, I can't think of anyone who would like be so blindly pursuing a Judah first strategy, right? I mean It's very you... hard to imagine. <laughs> very hard this to imagine. Why we have to... <laughs> yeah. No well, I mean it's it's uh yeah, no, it's 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 kinda of perfect on like looking at contemporary dynamics, but then like then again also just like inwardly, right? I mean like there's always a me first policy, right? That like every individual yeah. is pursuing, right? And like people can yeah. Tell this, right? I mean, and it gets back to what Joab was saying. He's like, hang on. <laughs> so you're going to love the people who hate you and then hate the people who yeah. love you? Like, the people Correct. who love you aren't going to keep loving you for very long if that's how you repay them. Um, and, and so, I mean, there really is something to that, that David's, you know, partiality is, um, I mean, yeah, it's it's a, it's a kind of undoing for him. That I mean, like, and, but I mean, it really is for all of us, right? I mean, like, we all have that kind of tendency to have this kind of me first policy. But the the irony is that the me first plan um, ends up being self-destructive. And uh, we, we see that, yeah, on the scale of nations, but also in the individual life. Well, yeah, I mean, there there is something kind of natural built in so that we love our families more than we love other people. We love our friends more than we love other people. Yeah. But it, it probably got bad for the however long Absalom was working that seem where he just won't allow other tribes in to see David that probably exacerbates this issue. Who who knows how, I mean, David had done fine, relatively fine up to that point. And and when, 
when you do have people turned away, of course they're going to go back home to their tribe and talk about how the king would not hear them. And so that, that's gone on for a couple of years now. Yeah. The other thing going on is Sheba's the son of Bickery. He's either a Benjaminite or an Ephraimite. This is, that's how, uh, if, if you look at a map of Old Testament tribes, Benjamin and Ephraim rub up right against each other. But, I mean, especially yeah. with the Benjaminites, you, you saw this with uh, the guy who was Shimei, the guy who was cursing David. That's There's right. obviously something with them against, yeah. they have a that's, chip against David because Saul's, he's not in the line Saul's of Saul. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So he, he's the one leading it. As he, as he flees, he flees all the way to the north of Israel, trying to draw as much of a following as he can, but it doesn't appear that he gets that much of a following. And it could be simply because David had just, with Job's help, ruthlessly put down a rebellion. And as all of these guys are kind of leaving the army uh, and going back home, they might just say, hey, I don't want another piece of that action. Let's, well, I'm yeah, not going to so go after this crazy man. Yeah, so this, let's take a look at this because so this is one of the questions, right? Like, was this was this kind of a flop or like did it did it catch on? So I mean, the, the language, right, in verse two, you know, all the men of Israel withdrew from David and followed Sheba the son of Bichri, right? I mean, so that language, like at first blush, would seem to indicate that it's a pretty big chunk of the army here that's uh, yeah. defected. So I mean, like, but but then again, it's it's just. I mean, it doesn't seem to go anywhere, you know, and uh, it's kind of it's kind of weird, too, because like when we go back and we look at the um, like the muster lists. Right. Um, you know, you, you got kind of roughly even representation between all the tribes. And so it seems like all the tribes of Israel like ought to be able to take Judah. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know. What do you what do you make of this? I. I take this kind of like at the at the first part of David's reign where he reigned over the tribe of Judah and the rest of them did not accept him until later. I, I think this is almost another point where, I mean, it's not covenant renewal, but it, it is basically all of the other tribes saying, do we want to go with this guy or no? And they decide, do we want to go with David or no? And they're like, actually, no, not, I don't think so. And they all go it seems to me that they all go home and that Bickery, as for those who gather around Bickery, doesn't seem to be that much. I, I think that the army just stands down. They all go home. Bickery wants to make a big thing of it and doesn't seem like very many of them want to agree with that. They had just fought, like I said, a rebellion and law. I mean, David had won and yeah. done so handily. They might just be like, I may not like David, but I, I'm i not going to fight him right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to go against Joab right now. Joab seems to be on a winning streak, and the people on the other side don't come out so well. So I'll just yeah. stay home and plant my crops and raise my sheep for a year. Let's see where this goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, yeah, I, th I think that's certainly possible. Um and I think that's got to be it's got to be part of it, right? I mean, I, just, I think in general, like there's there's no escaping that that kind of basic idea that 
the, the the northern tribes are just sort of like, okay, we're just not really enthusiastic about any of these options anymore. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's just sort of like, oh, well, just what's the point? And we're, we're going to stay home. We're not going to vote this year, right? So I mean, yeah, I, I think I think there's definitely something going on there. Um, the other thing I noticed, if, if you look at the Hebrew in verse two, um, it uses a singular construction, right? So it doesn't actually say like all the men plural um, of Israel withdrew, which could kind of sound like it's like a, like 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 every man in Israel or something like that. But mm-hmm. it's like it, it's, it says, uh, well, you got the word ish there, which um, in the singular very often means like army or like the force. Right. So it's if it's like yeah. if it's like the the Israel contingent. Right. That was like there and under the circumstances leaves. Right. Well, to, to, this is I think where it gets to your point. How many people was that? Right. Like how many people like from Naphtali and Issachar and all this? were really involved in what was essentially a civil war within Judah, right? I mean, yeah. I mean and, I, and I think that that maybe is, is, is a hint about what was going on here, right? That, like, mm-hmm. th- this is really about how David, in some ways, um, kind of became unpopular in his own tribe. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so, so in, in some ways, right, like, you know, uh, not, do, not doing enough for Judah— mm-hmm. Um, at least in the eyes of the Judahites, <laughs> yeah. and and uh, and and so then in that case, it's like, well, okay, well, he's got you know a number of people from you know the northern tribes who are backing him, but it's like it, it's just they're they're really kind of just like, eh, you guys, you Judahites, like we're just not really going to send that many guys like over for either side. Yeah. So I mean, like, I don't know, what what do you think of that? I like it. No, I th- I think you're right on. I think you're right on. Obviously, Absalom does draw support from other tribes. As yeah. to how much it is, this is the whole problem with Ahithophel and the the, the other guy uh, that go back and forth. And the other guy says, "No, you need." Uh, clearly, he looks around and says, "You don't oh, have yeah. that much here. Mm-hmm. You need to go get all of them." Yep. And <laughs> but yep. Uh, but but clearly they didn't because yep. they're they're on the move rather quickly. So yep. I, I think you're right. I don't think he has. Certainly not all the tribes and all the men yeah. from all the tribes. So, yeah, I, I, and certainly after yeah. after Absalom army goes down, and as you said, the forest devours them. Yeah, there are a lot of men who lose their lives there. There are undoubtedly many more who fled and just went back home yep. and aren't even here for this exact incident. Right. Yeah. No. I think that I think that's right. And we've actually we've seen this. A lot of times, and, and it, it, I mean, you were saying it too, right? Like, it, it's not like it's like, okay, well, like, let's all go back to the Pentagon, or, or like, <laughs> let's all let's go, all go to the army base, right? It's like, no, I mean, like, when you have a, a war, it's like everybody, you know, take take your plowshares and beat them into into swords, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's it's everyone comes off the farm, and then when the yeah. war is over, everyone goes back to the farm, you know. So it, because that it's like that, it's so decentralized you know we, we kind of have yeah, this it's not of a false standing pic- army exactly we, we have this false picture just kind of imagining that like it's like oh well then all the the professional soldiers like went but th- there were so few professional soldiers mm-hmm. right like every like right. war was everyone's war was everyone's hobby 
right? <laughs> like the way that like sports is a In hobby. The way that the do, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's just a different situation and the decentralization too. I mean, like it's just it's not like a country in the same sense. And so yeah, there's Correct. always power struggles going on within every single one of the tribes. So, anyways, but yes. le- le- leaving that aside for a little bit here. Um, okay, we, we gotta we gotta take a look at. Man, I, I want to deal with maybe like the concubines, but we just need to press on. So, okay. So uh, putting the concubines aside, let's go ahead and look here at this other woman here, this woman of, of wisdom, right? Um, I I, I hope we can have a chance maybe to go back about how Joab's just like super heartless, but like, we, we got to cover this first though. I just want to make sure we, we have time to look at it. So, um, like you were saying, there's like hardly, I I mean, it's, it's, it's hardly anyone to begin with. And then, you know, by the time that, you know, they're, they're in pursuit and they're like, oh man, this is not looking good. Um, and they go and they hide out at, um, at Abel here, right? You uh, you got this woman who calls out. Now, this is just fascinating, right? It just says this is a wise woman. This is not even the first time that we've seen a wise woman, especially a wise woman talk to Joab. Correct. (laughs) This is kind of interesting. Um, Yeah, and and then also just kind of the whole idea of, you know, will they give up the guy, right, under the siege? Not the Mm -hmm. first time that that question's been asked either. So, I mean, it's just a a scene I feel like that kind of has a number of things going on that kind of feel familiar. And then just kind of the way that this woman kind of comes back and says, hey, look, here's his head. That's not even the first time that we've seen that in the Bible. What do you think? No, Uh, you're you're right. I I think, like you said, he he has bickery, has small enough of a following that he he can go with the, the guys he has into the city, and then Joab just lays siege to the city and is clearly going at it hard. And there's probably a way in which that city is just completely shell-shocked. Like, what what happened? What is yeah. going on? And this yeah. wise woman, clearly one of them, just says, time out. Joab, come here. Let's yeah. speak. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and then she gives them the spiel. They used to say, you know, this city is a, a wise city. This, this city used to be a place where people would seek for counsel. And, and it's a peaceful city. So would you destroy those who are peaceful and faithful in Israel? Would you do that? And Joab's like, far be it from me, madam. Far be it from me. I'm yeah. only after one man. And she says, well, maybe we can make a deal. Let me go talk. <laughs> and yep. then comes back with his head. <laughs> and uh, clearly, e- even this city, although Bickery had holed up in it, clearly this city was not that keen on him either. And they're certainly not keen on Joab banging at the doors and the walls. And they know he's going to enter at some point. I mean, this is just the way all sieges are, is yep. if you don't have enough food and water, and I doubt this city was stocking up for it beforehand, because it kind of mm-hmm. seems like, this just ended where where he ended up. Right. The way a siege always ends is either with starvation or eventually capture. There's just yeah. few other ways out. Well, Unless yeah, because the, the only other. Back. Well, yeah, that's right. The only other thing is that the army is the one that starves, right? And they got to they yeah. got to just go back because we don't have yeah. enough food out here, right? Or yeah, um, you know, whatever like the case may be, we're all we're all dying of you know. Uh, you know, like, uh, like I guess, like no water or uh, you know, un- unsanitary conditions or whatever the case is, right? But like somebody basically runs out of stuff, <laughs> uh, yep. can't can't keep lighting the fire, and, and then so it's just 
the other side wins. And that's kind of how these things go, like you're saying. So, I mean, yeah, so it makes sense. You can see it. Like, Joab, of course, is ready to make a deal. I mean, like, anyone putting yeah. a city to siege doesn't want to just, like, have men die because we're running out of supplies. It's like, yeah, if you want to make a deal, let's do it. Um, and and so it's just... Sees... Oh, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think Joab sees, like we said, Joab's political eye right now seems to be yeah. pretty good. It looks bad for David to be attacking a tribe and a city yep. of Israel right now. And Joab just says, the faster this is done, I mean, th this is, I think, also why he, he immediately goes up to the city, starts the, starts the siege, uh, and starts the battering ram. He wants this over as quickly as possible. This is not a good look for David. And this is not a good look for, if you're in David's cabinet, this is just not a good look. This needs to get over quick. Yep. She offers him a way to make it quicker. He says, yeah, let's do it that way. Yeah, I think and that's super Joe insightful. Um, I, th I think we've seen that. Uh, like, actually, you see, I think many times throughout the Bible, um, one of the reasons why the tribe of Dan um, we, we've seen like looks so bad is because after they uh, lose their inheritance that's been allotted to them <laughs> by Moses, you know, they go up north and they find what this this happy, peace-loving. Like, like like city full of nice guys and they slaughter them all. And it's just uh -huh. like, even for Israelites who are like, well, they weren't Israelites, but really you did that to them. <laughs> I mean, like no, just nobody, nobody looks like well on that, you know? And, uh, and, and we, we've seen this too, you know, like, uh, well, when we're getting into later history, right. With, with Israel being under, um, either the, the Assyrians or the Babylonians, the Persians, right. Like Israel's always trying to make the case, no, 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 we're like a peaceful people and we're loyal Correct. subjects. And then there's Correct. someone who is like, what are you talking about? They like have a rebellion, like, you know, every 10 years. And, and, they and so they're, they're like this. Yeah. 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 Right. So, so it's, it's a big theme, right? Like, like, you know, the reputation that you have is either like peaceful or, uh, you know, and it's like, so no one wants to like, you know, mess with you. So re reputation is really important um, for everyone involved and Joab and the woman both get that. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing that's just kind of true throughout this is they all do kind of act like brothers. All the tribes still kind of act like brothers. And so this this thing with them not liking the tribe of Judah, well, why not? Because Judah's in charge. This was the exact same problem that Joseph's brothers had with him was that he was placed in charge over them, and they detested that. And so they fought with him. They, they eventually get rid of him. And then when Judah becomes the brother or the tribe in charge, then they just kind of resent that and fight, <laughs> fight against him. I mean, this, this is just the way that siblings interact <laughs> in a fallen world. Let's put it that way. It's yeah. just the way it goes. Yeah, well, no, that, that, that's right. I mean, there's, just, there's always this this rivalry, right? But like on, on, on a certain level, it's like, you know, you really, you, you never really want to just wipe people out for the sake of wiping people out because like, well, I mean, even as, I mean, a lot of ruthless people have said people are a resource, right? I mean, like in some ways, the most important one. So like, you're, they I mean, are, it's not but I mean, be... you see it in, in first Kings and second Kings as yeah. well with these particular people who know they have a shared history and who know they probably should be getting along and not fighting. And yet, a lot of times can't stand each other. Yeah, no, that's right. So, um, 
I, I guess la last thing about this here, I I find the the language to be very reminiscent and, and the story to be very reminiscent of a couple scenes. So like the, you got the woman from Tekoa who Joab yeah. goes and finds, right? And it's just, it's sort of amazing how it's just, you have this kind of a, I don't know, like the power of the speech of a wise woman, right? Like is actually yeah. kind of been a theme, I think, in in first and yeah. second Samuel. And you see it um, with the way that Michal uh, saves David, right? Like you, you see it. Um, and just, I mean, just in lots of like little ways, I think. So that that's kind of interesting. Abigail, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. And then there's the thing, right? Abigail saves uh, Nabal's life and also like prevents like a whole like fight from happening. Right. Uh, by mm -hmm. giving up the food in that case. Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't know. What, what do you make of that? Even, um, in the language here, you seek to destroy a city that is a mother in Israel, right? Like, yeah. uh, what do you, what do you make of this? Yeah. I mean, she, she's, she's, playing on him with the, I am one of these who are peaceable and faithful. You seek to destroy a city that is a mother in Israel, which almost is equating it with her. Like, are you going to kill me, a peaceable yeah. and faithful mother in Israel? And Job's like, well, no. I would far be it for me that I would ever put anyone to death, right? right. Yeah, uh, yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I, don't have, I wouldn't hurt a fly. <laughs> Even Joab has standards. He wouldn't do it to a peaceable, faithful mother in Israel. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah it, it well, does echo. There there are several different... And even earlier on, Joab was one who quoted... It was, a, it was after or during the Bathsheba incident where he sends back that messenger to David uh, and says, don't you remember what happened to that one guy where the woman threw the, threw the, the stone down from the wall? Oh yeah, I yeah. mean oh, he, he brings that yeah. up, which, which if you read between the lines, might be him recognizing that David has gotten in trouble with a woman, and that this could be the end of him, and yeah. he's going to cover for him. But this is foolishness, David, and and yeah. does David's bidding. But you're you're right, Joab especially. He brings that up, and then he uses a wise woman to kind of bring Absalom back, and uh, it will be. Bathsheba and Nathan, who eventually get David to pass down the crown to Solomon. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There, there is, there are ways in which the woman is to be the helpmeet, right, and to help yeah. the man do what is best and correct. Wise women doing this throughout, even these stories, is yeah. exactly that: a wise woman being a helpmeet. Yeah, there is there is something about it too, and like also the language there, like a mother in Israel. I I feel like that's the exact same phrase, not positive, but I'm like just I'm thinking it is um, that's used of Deborah, right? Who's uh, mm -hmm. unique among the judges, yeah. and you know, like I, I guess is the you know is, uh, the focus of a lot of attention. You know, it's kind of like hang on a second, you know, why does she get to be a judge, right? Like, you know, <laughs> um, and 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 these sorts of things, but. Um, what, what's so fascinating, right, is, is, is you look at the way that she is a judge, right? And then the way she is a judge looks different from the way that, like, all the other judges are described. I mean, I mean she's the—I mean, again, like, the wise woman. She's the one who has to go to, you know, Barack and, and the rest and say, hey, what are people going to say about you, <laughs> right, <laughs> if I go and lead job. the army down there? <laughs> like, like it's kind of the same argument that Joab makes. Like, they're going to name the city after me. Like, so, I mean, like, yep. that, that kind of, like, the women kind of bringing up, like, hang on, 
what's everybody gonna say and just being in tune with like optics mm -hmm. like you were saying and thinking about things through like in that wisdom it's like you just you see that again and again and and i think it kind of casts light back on the deborah story yeah no i agree and well and deborah herself says this is going to look bad for you yeah yeah because like you said the way in which she is judged is different from the way we see the other judges and it's supposed to be. And when Barack fails at that, she points it out to him. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's right. I mean, I mean, at least, you know, and, and this is, uh, you know, the experience I feel like I constantly have, you know, it's just sort of like, a, you know, I'm just kind of doing my thing. And then, you know, my wife has to come along and say, like, so you are aware of, like, how that looks, right? And I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> you are aware of how that sounded, right? Oh, dear. <laughs> you know, it's just, I, I don't know. May, may, I mean, I, my experience is that my, my wife is immensely wiser on those yeah. things. But, yeah. Um, so so you, you have this, then, this, uh, this, this theme that happens again and again. Yeah, they go ahead and they uh, give up um, Sheba, which is, you know, exactly what, uh, the people in Kiala were going to do about uh, David, right? So it's not that mm -hmm. surprising. Comes back with the uh, with the head here. Um, uh, well, what do you make here about like the the names at the end here, and, and just the description, right? You know, so Joab returned to Jerusalem to the king. Joab was uh -huh. in command of all the army of Israel, and you kind of get the the, the list of everybody. There. Well, yeah, well yeah, I what, think especially that first one is a key because the the chapter began with J David putting someone else in command of all the army of Israel. And by the end of the chapter, no, 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 no. Joab was in the command of all the army of Israel. Yep. <laughs> That's a key. And it, like I said, going forward with Adonijah, it's also going to be a key. Yeah, no, so this is this is all like setting things up. Um, and, and, and it's just, well, setting things up for like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, but so, so yeah, so, so again, I mean, like, I don't know, Christologically speaking, right? I mean, like, I feel, I feel like this is, uh, in many ways, you could— link this up to the Gospels and say, you know, so here comes King David, right? And he comes and he takes the throne. But yet Joab, you know, just isn't dead yet, you know? And there's still this yep. Joab guy running around, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And not insignificant. Like, as we said earlier, he holds a lot of cards. He doesn't hold them all, and he knows that. But now David knows it, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I think we see just on multiple levels, and yeah, we look back at the world and say fundamentally, like, yeah, you know, I mean, there is, you know, a prince of the air who's like, you know, nominally in charge, but the thing is, well, the writing's on the wall, and this isn't going to last forever. It's going to transfer that power one way or another. So, uh, thank you, brother. Just a lot, fa fascinating conversation, made lots of connections. Looking forward to having you on again soon. Good to be with you. Everybody, Pastor Scott Adel, Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Collinsville, Illinois. We're going to take a look at a psalm next, but then we'll get back into 2 Samuel today. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. Peace. You've been listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.